but we don't get to talk about 40k very often or some uh, some big hammer i should say we talk about 40k a lot because kill team is a subsect of it but that's besides the point welcome to the squad games podcast today it's me dakota one of your hosts along with uh, my constant co-host giacomo and today we have luke on with us as well he's a big time hobby man in the 40k uh sphere uh in fact he placed in first for the sisters of hobby track last year many of you that went to some big tournaments might have seen his beautiful work his osl uh sisters are quite beautiful um lucas i'm going uh, to make a correction um i did not placed first in hobby track for sisters because i did not enter into uh paint at lvo really so, yeah uh too lazy couldn't be bothered <laughs> i wanted uh, to... this last lvo you were pretty sloshed uh, uh yeah basically from <laughs> minute one and uh that was that so how how much did you uh did you did you fall off the mark by how, how how close was it? I think I came in second. Wow, okay. you probably could have made it first. <laughs> I mean, he would have. <laughs> he wasn't first <laughs> for the majority of the year. Yeah, so uh, I could have if I had wanted to wake up at 8 in the morning to enter in my stuff for painting instead of getting my pregame drinks in. Yeah, knowing you, I know that was not going to be a thing you'd do. <laughs> no, not this year. Not this year. Not even the years before. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of LVO, um, is it the is the main reason that you didn't possibly do that is because you you weren't a part of the competitive tournament this year because it sold out too quick. I wasn't going to be a part of the competitive tournament in uh, any way, even though I'd done it in years past and enjoyed it. Uh, I saw people playing narrative while I was at. SoCal and went at the Games Workshop open and I said, you know what? That's what I'm doing. Because they look like they're having like fun fun. Did ninth edition finally grind you down? No. Um I played in like other competitive tournaments in uh mid Cal. You're not Central California, you're mid Cal. Um and they had narrative objectives for like warlords and stuff even with the competitive tournament things going on. And I liked that. And I saw that and I saw the rules and I said, yep. And it was doubles. Doubles is my favorite way to play some games. Who's your partner? Uh, my partner was our friend, Matthew Melton and his yeah, yeah. Uh, custodians. So it was battle sisters and custodians. Yeah. And we brought, you know, competitive lists to uh, narrative games because we're. I feel like I feel like that's going to happen at <laughs> most narrative events, anyways. Yeah, I mean, when you're paying to go to a narrative, that's one thing I've always found in Kill Team as well. Is um, you can't escape the, the the competitiveness of you're going to an event, you're paying to fly, you're paying to stay, you're paying to go to an event, and like there are You'd some like people out there. There are some people out there that want to go there and, you know, play with their um, their Mars blue underlings the entire time. Um, their melee Adeptus Mechanicus, but then, you know, there you also want to have a competitive game and have fun. So, don't want to get wiped off the board just because yeah. they wanted to play casually. Exactly. Yeah, nobody brought any like 
special characters or any of that. You know, there was no Trajan, no Morvan Ball. So, like, you know, it was it was pretty tame for what Battle Sisters and Custodians could have been. I wasn't even running Bloody Rose. I was running Evan Chalice because I had wow. a, I had like the idea of like, okay, it's Witch Hunter Robin up in here. Only I like that show. Um, the rest of you are wrong. And where and, can we find this show at? I've never heard of it. Uh, God, it's an old. Uh, see, I stopped myself from swearing, Dakota. I did it just for Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's an old <laughs> anime from way back when I was in high school in, you know, 2001. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Jesus was at the last so supper that year. I don't... <laughs> no, we were still hosting Moses then. Um, oh, my goodness. In fact, Moses leading Passover. Um, oh gosh, I don't know where you can find that now. It's not on Netflix. I'm sure you could get it on like YouTube or Crunchyroll or something like that. But okay, All whatever. Right. I liked it. Did you like <sighs> it as much as the the cool thing that happened this last week in 40k? Oh, uh, extra big Dante. Was that Big Dante? Big Dante. It was Big Dante. Getting leaked. I, I remember I, when uh, when Lucas, uh, not Lucas, when Dakota showed it to me, he leaked. Giacomo it. was like, "I don't know if this is real." I was like, "I'm pretty sure." I was. I, I, I doubted know. the hell out of it. I was like, oh, so. I mean, it looks partially real, but I don't know. Someone could have sculpted that. And then, like seconds later, I see like the full thing. Like, oh, okay, no, yeah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that that happened. My wife is a huge Blood Angels fan ever since that TV show on Warhammer Plus. So Angels of Death. So she is extremely excited and she loves the new Dante model. I also think the new Dante model is is quite good. It's, it's pretty sick. Yeah, I think yeah. that between them and the Dark Angels, they have the best character models out there right now. I mean, it's hard to beat High, Mash- High Marshal Helbrick with the little dude like polishing the blade. That might be the best part of that model. But, um, <laughs> you know, like the Emperor's Champions, probably like an eight, 8.5. Um, Ultramarines, the Smurfs, you know, I, I, none of them have been impressive to me. Azrael looks awesome. I'm sure the lion who is rumored to be coming is going to be amazing. But um, yeah, Mephiston and and Dante look quite amazing. I'm just waiting for their librarian redemptor dreadnought to come out. That's that would be. I'll be on you're another. Wait, you're, wait, you're waiting like six years for another another set release for them to get a librarian dreadnought. What are you That'll talking about? The they day. have a they literally have a space brain release every single year. Exactly. So they're going to reveal something else first. I don't. I don't think it's going to be librarian dreadnought right away. But that would be cool. You know, it could be a cool surprise. Well, the Angels of Death is supposed to be the next the next uh, space brain thing after the, the the general release. Apparently, and that's for supposed space to be brains. with uh, Tyranids, correct? No, that's I that one's called the Leviathan box supposedly for 10th. Mm. But uh the next Space Marine release is supposed to be something called Angels of Death where they have a Blood Angels and Dark Angels codex all wrapped into one. Really? Interesting. I would like I would personally like to see done away with separate co- separate codexes. Um That that is the rumor. Because 
Yeah, it's a rumor. So I will treat it like it's a lie until it happens. Yep, that's what Chapter Master Valk says. I'm okay with them getting rid of factions like that, and instead maybe the leader you take gives you different abilities. They do something like that in Horus Heresy, hmm. where uh, your warlord trait, if you've got a uh, a special character as your warlord, uh, they come with a special warlord trait of their own. Um, we're starting to see that with things like Angron and um, Lord Invocatus, where they had their lord their warlord trait baked in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think doing that for the Space Marines, like, hey, if you bring Corsar Okan, then your White Scars run like this. Or you bring Vulcan Heston, your you know, Salamanders run like this. It harkens back to uh, long, long ago, when that was how you brought a different chapter that wasn't just space marines. Oh, that's right. If you took like a bike captain, you'd have troops that could be bikes. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. Lucas, when did you start playing 40K? What edition should I say? That I, my first game of Warhammer anything was Battlefleet Gothic in 2002. I think that was either at the that was that was definitely in the third edition realm. I think fourth edition came out in two thousand four, maybe five. Yeah, um, two thousand two was uh, me and some Battlefleet Gothic. All right, and then nice. hoping it comes back. Yeah, but uh, as far as uh, Big Hammer, that was me and some Necrons in I think like a year later. That was about the same time that uh, the Lord of the Rings was popping off. Uh, in fact, it was more popular than any of the other games, and that's what kind of saved Games Workshop quite a lot. Huh. They, uh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, if anyone thinks back to that time that started playing around that time, um, 40K was kind of like, I had a couple models, I played a couple games here and there, but like, Lord of the Rings was where it was at, you know, like you, you bought all the models, you played a couple things here and there, and it really devolved, it really got you into the game. And when, when it started, like later on, when it started losing popularity and movies got older, you know, a lot of those people literally just swapped to 40K or they swapped to uh, Old World or whatever, because um, there is nothing else coming out for Lord of the Rings, right? It just lost so much popularity after a while. so. That's a that's a fun fact for you. It did, and it felt back then like it was just this albatross hanging around Games Workshop's neck. Like, oh, we bought this license because we needed to make this quick buck, and now, and then they were locked into it, and they didn't really have like a team rules making like strategy for it long term. It really did seem like. Uh, a quick, not necessarily a crash, cash grab, but it's like this needs to be a remedy for us for long term, and we need to hold on to this Lord of the Rings thing until we can let it go. And I guess once you buy into that license, they bought in like in some aggressive contract, like oh yeah, there is no way out of this. Yeah, and then now Asmodi, Asmodi, and their uh, the group that owns them. Uh, owns the rights to make Lord of the Rings models. So it's going to be interesting to see how that dichotomy works with Games Workshop and whether they 
they have still an agreement with Paramount or if they're going to renew their contract. Um, there's been a lot of heat around Lord of the Rings ever since Amazon pushed their uh, pushed their their show out. So it's going to be quite interesting to see, you know, where it kind of goes from there. Right. Yeah. It, it's so, interesting that that's the thing. I wonder if they're going to drop the game altogether because they don't really need it anymore. Yeah. They, I... they... You go. The models are quite old. And I know like two years ago, they had like a whole new redo. And like when The Hobbit came out, they, they specifically made movies from like The Hobbit, right? Um, but you know, like, they're too, they're true 28 millimeter scale. And I just don't think that unless, cause I have heard Warner brothers who, who owns the rights now to make movies is possibly going to be doing their own prequel version of Lord of the Rings. So if games workshop still seems to make, you know, maybe they'll hold on to it to see if that's any good because possibly Peter Jackson's coming back to it. Um, but, you know, like, who knows what those new rights were sold from the, I just talked about this last episode, and, and the Empyreon, the people who own Asmodee, right? So, Atomic Mass Games. So, uh, I'm not really sure. Go, go ahead, uh, Lucas. Oh, I was going to say, um, I don't think that it would be a good uh, money-making strategy because, for, I mean, from what I saw at LBO, there were a lot of people playing that game. Really? Um, oh, yeah, there's a, there's, yeah. For it. there's a huge subculture of it for sure. Loyalists. Yeah, and you know, and I liked that how much variety I saw just there in uh, variety in factions, variety in ways that armies were constructed. Uh, and I like seeing that, like. You could run, I think what I really liked uh, was that you could run an army that's just all heroes. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's, that was my favorite way to play it back in the day. My buddy would play all the orcs and then he would just try to kill the fellowship. <laughs> and we would keep track <laughs> of how many, how many each guy would kill. It was amazing. It was a ton of fun because it was almost back in the day, it was almost like, the original kill team because you could you could play with you could play with different you could play with different um different heroes and your enemy could have different heroes and sometimes you have like a couple models here and there um and the mo- and the, the model range back in the day was not awful i mean the model range today is still not awful they're just <clears throat> they're subpar compared to what age yes agreed um just like with their small faces and stuff like that but i mean i still own a ton of metal a ton of metal model- models from lord of the rings put all your metal models in a smelter why would i ever do that <laughs> I, i'm just a hater on metal models that's why i love I metal models love painting metal models so hey, you're outnumbered and that makes you wrong Yep. There's only one company I've ever loved their metal models. Um, and that was, I believe it was Dark Sword Miniatures. I painted those and they was the smoothest ones. That and stuff from Infinity. They make really, really good metal model sculpts. So, Giacomo, when did you start playing 40K? I started playing back in 5th edition, right when 5th edition was starting, because I'd gotten the new Space Marine book. 
Uh, and a fun fact is that's when I met Lucas, but really it was only in passing. I said, hey, you're playing Necrons. And he goes, yeah. And I said, cool. And that was it. And that was and, that perfect game. And that's why Giacomo doesn't like metal models. We figured it out, ladies and gentlemen. He is not one of the old guard. He's one of those millennial version of, of us hobby boomers, uh, who boomers. Um, Thank God where, metal models can die. Where, where <laughs> I'm a hater. <laughs> Lucas, he started with Battlefleet Gothic, which was all metal models. You're playing um, rocks. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay, so hold on. I also played orcs for a little bit, and legitimately, <laughs> some of those things, <laughs> they called them rocks, and I did, in fact, <laughs> just go out, get some big old pumice, and start slapping things on it. So I did have some <laughs> legitimate rocks. <laughs> so... Uh, Shut I remember up. them back in the day. <laughs> I remember them old, the old <laughs> ones back in the day. Like the little grots, they weighed as much as like two or three space marines. And they're Jesus. just like the little grots. Yeah. Um, I think the most frustrating model metal model I've ever owned, I was two. It was Baharoth. And it because you can uh, him and those fucking to this day. To this You've day. I, I did. this is how frustrated i am with them the old swooping hawks to this day and swooping hawks are supposed to come out last time and they didn't i'm very upset i just knocked over a bunch of stuff in my room um and this this the other metal model that i thoroughly disliked was kinduras but I do own many metal models and to this day i still use many metal models including my old drazar um and a bunch of other ones because you know some the metal metal's going to hold up to time. They're never going to go away unless you put them in a smelter. I can never if they let fall down on the ground and the paint job gets wrecked. Yeah, and then you just paint them again. It's not like you didn't paint them the first time. Yeah, but plastic will hold a hit if it falls. I mean, hopefully you don't have to drop your miniatures. You know, but it'll like, but plastic will be dead in like a hundred years. Metal models still, still going to be around. See, I can here's live the with thing. That. I'll be dead. Here's the thing. <laughs> I also played Chaos when I played Fantasy uh, and some Orcs. (laughs) And there was nothing like holding like old, spiky Chosen and being like, I could could murder a man with this. If it came down to it, I've got about 20 weapons right here and I could just start throwing. What was the one Lord that was on a a horse? I remember our, our buddy Logan had that. And I held it and it was just like girth of metal. Like that whole thing. Uh, that is Archeon. That is Archeon, that Archeon the ever chosen. Right? Yeah. yeah. On his big old, big old hoss. Do you, do you remember, so do you remember the old metal dragons from a, from like way back in the day? Okay. I hated those. Yes. I hated those dragons. Now, those are a metal I have- model that deserves hate. Uh, yes, I agree. And now I have the 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 comparison for for ninth or for not ninth, but for forty k, it would have been Asbrold Vect. Do you remember how like half the kit was plastic and like the majority of the kit was metal? Ew. I've only ever seen those. that kit. I've only ever seen that kit. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy owns one, and then I own a couple Ravagers and <clears throat> metal to plastic. Metal to metal was all right. Metal to plastic, you had to pin. And, you know, um, that's the reason why I learned how to pin back in the day was to pin is because of metal models. Like, you don't want them to break, so you pin them. 
you know um true Giacomo, on, on our on our last episode you said you just started pinning a couple of years ago right yeah i started pinning a few years ago to get small joints together because again and i've been see, working with mostly plastics not that bad exactly and see that that is the, the, the pain and tribulations of us of us old who boomers who boomers thank you thank you for crawling so i could run i think i think, I think glass half dead uh <laughs> Uh, pinned that who boomers. Are you calling that? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Pinning is a good one. Even if you're going to do some conversions for models to like get a weapon on a hand. Yes. You just drill a little bit, pin through. So having done that like a bazillion years, I still don't drill my bolters. Um, Cause you know, oh, you're, a, you're a heretic. No. You hey, really you've are. never noticed. Have you? You've never everyone's, noticed. Everyone's different types of haters. <laughs> If you're my paint two, jobs two, are two so questions. good, you will never notice the absence of the bolt holes. <laughs> two, two questions to our to I'm going to notice now. And wants to leave a wants to leave a thing. Are you thing? are you a hater when it comes to to drilling holes on bolters or guns? And are you a hater on metal models? Uh, feel free to write that that shit down. Dude, I I guarantee you that most of them have never touched a metal model in their life. Okay, that's a question for old bees. Yeah, old bees. Uh, yeah, it's fair. Uh, yeah. So, Go touch some uh, metal models, man. Let's touch, you know? I'm painting a old metal uh, Samile right now. And Radical. It, belong, it belongs to a friend, and I said, dude, can I paint that for you? And he's like, you want to paint this old metal model? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I do. There are some, there are some people out there that are, well, Games Workshop has, has started releasing third edition models in this new format so you get like the old looking black templar you get this new chaos uh terminator dude who i, I thoroughly dislike that one. Oh, the yeah they're releasing it in plastic i remember which Bro, one I for hate, warhammer I tv right yeah i hate that model yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's not my favorite oh is that this... the world eaters he went yeah the yeah. kind of dumb chain fist oh god yeah. it's so ugly it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty B. Get the chaos guy from AOS. That's what you I mean. Really it's, want. it's literally just as bad as Kenduras. So, like, it's it's awful. I would rather uh, pick the the other one over that guy, personally. Who? Because there's a two. You get to pick one, so I would choose the other one. What is your guys's like most despised model from back in the day? Lucas might have a little bit more of remembrance of these. There's like a couple that are just like. Like just looking at like the new sculpts today, going back to back in the day, like the absolute worst model, other than other than the uh, the Dark Eldar warriors from the nineties, those are or from the two thousand, those are awful. Um, I would say mine would probably be uh, the old orc truck. It was like smaller than a rhino, but it was like <laughs> it was like like pull it up, old orc. War truck. Oh, Just that the orc truck. Back, I like yeah. the rules for it back day. As many dudes as you could pile on top fit in the transport, though. That's what it was. Wow, <laughs> it was dumb. It was dumb. Here, I'm gonna. Um, let's see. My, you know, if I gotta pick one. It's still, and it will continue to be, the Land Raider. Oh yeah, that thing fits together terribly. Yes, it does. Agreed. It's like an it's so it, badly put together. Awful. 
it's like still a Forge World kit. After yeah. all these years, it's still awful. Um, it was worse than the old Monolith by a long shot. Yeah. The Monolith was bad too. <laughs> um, I played Necrons. I know it was bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also played some Grey Knights and uh, I got that Land Raider and I put together a couple of them and there's there's nothing you can do. It's It just sucks. Agreed. It really changed too much. Yeah, when I built mine, it was not good. But the model I hated most was the Tech Marine from 5th, and it was all metal. It was one where you got the big old backpack. And I remember using that model as a kid, and every time I'd move it, it would kind of like tilt back because it was so heavy on the back. And this is before I knew like more hobby techniques to try to fix that. So you mean like a, put like a, a nickel on the bottom of the put base? Put like a nickel on the opposite to get the weight or whether to move the model closer to the, the front of the edge so that the weight is a little more balanced. Like I didn't know any of those tricks yet. So he was a frustrated like 13-year-old child playing Warhammer trying to keep this guy not from falling when you have to go on like a hill. Uh, uh-huh. I hated that because it would roll too because it was sort of uh, spherical. So it could like roll a bit. I hated that model so much. Yeah, I uh, I definitely don't. I, I agree with you on that one. Um, the old, some of the old metal marines were 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 really rough, to say the least. And it wasn't yeah. like a terrible sculpt. It was just such such a pain in the ass. But now just, nowadays, personally, they, personally, it's in resin. So, yeah, exactly. Now that it's in resin, it's like that's nothing. It's it's so easy. Oh. And the new tech marines in plastic, so even easier. It's, so Lucas, did you take any long breaks through your career of 40k? Yes, it was called 7th edition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I I couldn't do it. There's the rules writing and the neglect for old factions had just gotten out of control. Um and I think somewhere it was like in the middle of sixth uh, when they had that, like before they fired their old CEO, uh, they had the guy saying like, well, we're a models company not a rules company. And it's like, all right, I'm, I'm out for a bit. So yeah, I remember that. Uh, sold a bunch of stuff. Um, it was always all painted. That was like the second time I'd sold my white scars. Um, okay. And the second time I'd sold Grey Knights. Um, always all painted. Um, but I kept my Warhammer Fantasy Orc Boys. Um, Age of Sigmar came around, and then I was like, well, well, we still kept the Orc Boys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, can't let them go. Can't let them go. They survived rolling off the back of my car. Um, and the metal, hey, metal model, the metal yep. model that was a banner bear that had the dead dwarf on it. I got him back with a piece of tire wrapped around him. All right. So I looked at him and go, mm, not only was he in one piece, but he came back with a chunk of somebody's tire. See, you see, G? you see, <laughs> I, I don't think that was the intention of metal models, but all right. I guess that's a it's, point for them. Yeah. It's like, all right, look, buddy, <laughs> you. <laughs> You, you You're a little bent, that and that was it. 
I'll, I'll take lightweight plastic all day. But yeah, you know, that was a, that was a tough time. Seventh edition was rough. I remember jumping into bolt action, finding like X wing, just different games. Cause it was impossible to play. I think, uh, I think most of my friends moved away uh, right at the beginning of seventh. So I played very, very little seventh. And then I was, I read all the rules, knew how to play the game. And then I did not play any of eighth. I played one game with the G. Um, and I haven't played very much in ninth either. I haven't been the biggest fan of this rule set. That's a little bloaty. What I like about, and my hope for uh, a future 10th edition, I wrote this down. Uh, please give me either just you can use one stratagem per phase um, or something like Horus Heresy where it's a bunch of general reactions mm-hmm. and one faction uh, reaction. So if there's one, like a pool of just Do general you want to explain strategy- those for the uh, avid listener? Because a lot of yeah. our listeners are 40k uh, kill team players. Okay, so in Horus Heresy, you don't have command points. You don't all that. All that's gone. So each phase, there's a certain number. You can do one reaction, and each phase has its own reactions that you can do when the conditions are met. Uh, stuff like shoot back or you know make a movement or something like that. Something. It's basically like an interrupt. It's yeah, it's an interrupt or it's a, Hey, after you, well, mostly they happen after your opponent takes their action, then you get to Mm. do some, there's so there's some phase interactivity. Um, a couple factions have stuff that legitimately interrupts something, um, in its design, like, uh, sons of Horus in the shooting phase, when they, uh, when one of their units gets targeted for shooting, they get to shoot first as a reaction wow. to being shot at. They're like, nope. <laughs> and they get, but once per game, once per game, they do that done. That's cool. Right. It's done. It's over. It'll never happen again. The general strat that does the same thing is after your unit that was targeted, uh, or after once your unit's targeted, after it gets shot and after you make your saves, then you can shoot back. Mm, so you get a, a better version for playing Sons of Horus. I like that. Yeah, Sons of Horus get a better one. Um, I play White Scars, and when something moves close enough to White Scars' stuff, I can start moving my things. So I get a movement phase uh, with glorious White Scars movement um, in the middle of my opponent's movement phase. Cool. And so that might put that might be like, hey, you moved too close to these bikes. I am now moving them 14, 15 inches this direction. Um, and you have to deal with the fact that they live over here now, probably where you didn't want them to be. Makes for a unique way of playing the game where you're not yeah. so worried about what your opponent has because everyone sort of has the same abilities. Every, yeah, everybody has the same general pool of reactions and then there's one specific like one faction specific reaction that gets used once per game and i think if you're going to keep command points in 40k you go in that sort of direction like uh how world leaders have just a couple stratagems um and mostly you're relying on reroll anyway 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, that was actually one of my questions for you. It was, uh, is but is that the only way that you would fix um, ninth edition? Is just lessening the secondaries and then making it less, and then having uh, reactionary things. And what's interesting about reactionary things is that it's very similar to forty k, where I mean, kill team, where you keep where you, it is going back and forth in between um, activations and stuff. So seems just like it's more balanced. Alternating activations, because uh, I did play some Star Wars Legion and I have played some bolt action. Um, I like alternating activations. I don't know that I like it for 40K, big 40K, just because of how much stuff somebody could have or how few things somebody could have. I see what you mean. Because uh, we'll use Battle Sisters and Knights, for example. A Knights player moves a Knight, and that's it. And the Battle Sisters player can just move a bunch of garbage mm-hmm. uh, on that turn. So there's no opportunity cost for that player. And once the Knights player is like, well, gosh, I've moved all my stuff, and I still can't see your Retributors, so uh, tell me which one I should pick up now. Yeah. Well, there is a, in Kill Team, there is a mechanic. It's called Overwatch, very different than the Overwatch in 40K that um, any of your models um, then that have already previously moved then get to shoot. Um, so like even if they've already activated, they just get to fire all of, uh, whatever weapon they have at minus one ballistic skill. So, um, and then it's just like that model activated once, so it can only it can only Overwatch once per turn. So I still think, though, that in ninth edition, we would run into that same problem um, or in 40K where you have seven knights on the field and it's like, okay, well, this Tyranid player is going to take maximum, um, you know, like eight Tyranid little blobs of small units out activate you a ton and then just do the same exact thing that you were saying. So I could definitely see that the more variation and the more points cost differential becoming an issue which i didn't even think about um for 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 40k i think that could even even if you took imported the rules from kill team uh still be an issue yeah it's a difference in number of activations and then you could do something like you would do in bolt action where uh you know the soviet player just runs some soviet infantry some free soviet infantry uh that you get for free um into somebody's Overwatch field. It's like, yeah, the, I put these up on Overwatch, and when it comes time to Overwatch, the first thing they're going to see is my garbage. Right. So have them. Though, um, what if you had a mix of where movement happened first, and then shooting went as normal, turn by turn, after everyone's already moved their stuff? I you think know, it would take an this, awful long amount of time for this. Yeah. For the speed of the game, big 40 K I don't think can go in alternating activations. Okay. If they brought stuff like battlefield Gothic back, I think it works for small games. Any skirmish style game, it works because there's a rough parody in the number of activations or the way that they handle things that have tons of stuff like the guard squads. You'll move two dudes instead of the one. Yeah, I think the I think the only other thing that you could do is do thirds. 
um, and then you put like a token next to each each unit or whatever. But I still think it could be abused. So, yeah, you um, probably make a good point there. Yeah, I just think that it would be it would be harder. I think alternating activations might be more difficult. It's a good it's a good point that it might be more difficult to uh, balance with the bigger variation there is because I mean, 40 K is just a huge varied game. Like it's not just like every, every kill team you have between, you know, four and 14 models. Right. I mean, 40 K is extremely different. So I could definitely see the, uh, the difference. In yeah. That. Because, you could I mean, still have just four models in 40 K. <laughs> I mean, you could just bring a Titan in 40 K. You could just bring the Revenant Titan at 2000 points. Right. And just one model. And then it's like, Oh, now I'm going to be fighting, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter at that point. Um, <clears throat> and I, yeah, you know, one thing I would like to see fixed for ninth is what the heck happens with points. Like, yeah, a two thousand point warlord or warhound titan or uh, your revenant titan absolutely cannot survive against the two thousand points of any other army. Agreed. For like more than two turns, it just gets rocked because yeah it's points points based off of its like wounds and other abilities the thing's only got two guns yeah <laughs> i'll be at their strong guns but yes they are i'll be at their guns. strong guns targets. i'll be at their strong guns but that poor guy goes first and uh that's that yeah right and those strong guns uh you know they're kind of not I mean, they're great against things like guard squads, but that's not what they want to be shooting at. That's true. That's true. Um, what do you think? Um, me and Giacomo have given our opinions quite a lot on what we think they should have done or they could have done to fix ninth edition. Like, I think that, for instance, the war gear and the relic equipments, the things that you can buy to tack on to your leaders is like an awful move. Uh, it just makes every single special character feel outside of like Drazar, like feel not useful half the time. Um, and like, I think that I personally think that relics and war gear options should be completely removed from the game along with most of the secondaries. Um, the thing that's, the thing that's troubling to me is that I had a hard time transitioning from old 40 K to this 40 K because of the new, all the changes that they did. And I even had a hard time transitioning from old kill team to this kill team because I don't want to learn a brand new game. Like, do you guys remember how difficult old 40 K was? Yeah. You remember how hard it was? And dude, I had those rules down to this day. I still have those rules down. That's why I'm excited for Horus Heresy. But, um, yeah, but you had to wait six years for an FAQ. Yeah, you did. That's true. That's what, that's what sucked. At least with but, this new one, you know, you're constantly getting updates. Yeah, but now it's three months. It's like, oh, I bought all these models. I took three months to paint it. And now my army is nerfed into the ground. Well, sucks to suck. It does. Yeah, I mean, but like, it, I've it, been playing it, Imperial Fist this whole time, and look, I haven't fucking done a thing. That's true. You haven't done a thing. <laughs> it's nothing I can do. It's just part of it's just part yeah. of the game. Sometimes, man. Yeah, he yeah. played Imperial Fist when they were high, and he's played them through some shattering lows. And yeah, you know, I could that, not do now that. Now they're at a, now they're at a medium. Now they're at a medium. Yeah, I could not do that with Eldar. Eldar were so bad; it was it was a joke. 
Um, um, it was not fun to play. So I think what I would do. So I liked old Warhammer where you paid points for relics. You paid points for um, upgrades for your characters. Yeah, but they and, weren't like double your your models attacks. And it does 14 mortal wounds, specifically talking about the Hydra Witch, Hydra Gauntlet Witch. Well, Succubus. it only does, you know, mortal wounds sometimes if it gets lots of rerolls. And somebody might have a Warlord trait that says, no, no, you uh, don't get to reroll. Yeah, but that's like one army compared you to know, like when when Drew Kari, when Drew Kari first released, they were a problem. They were a problem. Who was your most boogeyman faction of ninth edition? Uh, a boogeyman faction of ninth edition. And Giacomo, I'll ask you the same one. I have an answer. You for know, myself. one that's actually just not fun to play against is Harlequins. I could see that. There was, it was. Oh no, Tau. Tau are not fun to play against. Ah, I never got to play against Tau this edition. <laughs> and I'm happy. <laughs> what about Votan? Did they just get nerfed uh, no, into I, the ground before they were a problem? No, I played against Votan, and they... Uh, they're not as bad as Tau. Okay. Um, Ta- Tau's never been fun because they're not interactive, and that's why people hate them. They're really not an interactive army to play with. Um, that's why everyone hates like them. even and even whereas I like that they get the option um, you know you get nothing for getting them in combat anymore like hey I finally got in your suits in combat I can breathe and they're like no we're going to make battle suits shoot into melee it's like are you kidding me like that was All everybody's that was everybody's hope like that was the one way you could just turn Tau off for a little bit. Not even all the Tau. You just had to turn one of them off for a little bit. No, took it away. And uh, yeah, so it would be Tau. Tau are the least fun to play against. They always have been. Giacomo, how about you? Well, anything that's not running vehicles specifically for me because my bonus only works against vehicles. And if anyone takes fortifications, it's fortifications that can't die. So I love fighting hordes. So anything that's not hordes. Okay. Is my boogeyman. Fair enough. I would say I've really played like, I would say two metas of ninth edition because I haven't played like it throughout. Right. Uh, in my first meta that I played, it was by far Admech. The Admech player would sit there and say, explain for two minutes or three minutes exactly what this, whatever he was doing and why all of his models got a two plus save from a distance. And I was like, dude, how does your brain even like compute that? He's like, no, I have a notebook that tells me like what each thing does. And I was like, all right, that's some commitment. But the fact that you just couldn't understand what the army did and how how abusive they were for that long while when their when their codex came out was like really frustrating to me. Um, 
I forgot about that. Yeah, they were rough. It it was like I I played it like against canticles. it only like twice. Um, I just don't have a lot of admic uh, in Pasadena in where meta? I play. No, Thank yeah, God. they were. Yeah, I went to a couple team tournaments and I remember getting paired into them. And I was like, everyone was like, oh, you're going into AdMech. And they just pat me on the back, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, and you just know you're. You yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, that was, um, I think that was the. So that the first year that I did a team tournament, I did one in Orange County. And I think I had to play AdMech twice there. And then I played uh, AdMech uh, at the next team tournament in Vegas. And yeah, I think I went against AdMech in both, both occasions, and neither one was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, we sent you into them because you were pretty green and you barely knew the rules. And like, well, you know, we'll probably lose you, the game anyway, but we yeah. will all lose to Admech. And so, <laughs> here you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Like, the, Sorry, Dakota, you're not going to have fun, but we are. <laughs> um, I think the second, my second meta that I played, I really Volkites also sucked. The Volkite dreadnoughts they were they tore up Dark Eldar, but that's besides the point. Um, it was definitely the Tyranids. Uh, when their flying tie, hive tyrant could fly in, I know it got nerfed, but when they could fly in, attack you, kill your model, and fly like seventeen inches away, and I was like, "What is this?" You know, I was um. I was fuming at that point because at that point you just know that the the entire realm of what 40k is is just broken. Okay, so what I liked about that, uh, and it was a really funny thing that Retributor squads could do for Bloody Rose, is they bring that thing close enough, knowing like, hey, I'm just going to get him out here and I'll get him away in a second. When you killed Bloody Rose stuff, you could pay two command points on your Retributors. It was two for Retributors. One for anything else, but two for Retributors to have them shoot on a four-up if they die. Oh, wow. And, oh, boy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yes, you see some juicy little Retributors right here. Look at these. Oh, I know you want <laughs> to shoot them. <laughs> it's like, come, come you're going to use a gotcha on me, and I'm going to use a gotcha on you. <laughs> And they'd yeah. be like, mm, yes, must shoot retributors. And like, oh, before you move him away, yeah. I'm going to roll some dice. And you're going to roll some dice, and you're going to put him away too. I think that's why I enjoyed the second team tournament more, is because I played a gotcha army. And that's what it kind of feels like Ninth edition has become, is competitively, it feels like it's all about how many gotchas can you put into your team. Like, Which I mean, I literally played Alpha Strike. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think ninth edition is great for narrative and for just for fun games. Um it didn't feel good competitively. Now, the rumor for 10th edition is that they're going to be getting rid of toughness. How do you feel about that if that rumor is true? I think that I mean, shoot. They did away with initiative. They did. Um, oh yeah, I they, forgot that was a which, thing. That that's that's a little bit less well, they also got rid of the charts, right? Because for anyone who doesn't know, there used to be a chart that you would look at for weapon skill versus weapon skill to see how well you could hit in the close combat. I mean, it basically used to be just like, uh, you know, you hit on a four by comparing weapon skills. 
uh, it was yeah. like comparing strength and toughness. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was weapon skill to weapon skill, but ballistic skill basically worked the same it does now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you compared weapon skill to weapon skill, and you could only hit somebody on a two if you doubled their weapon skill. Yep. Um, which made its own sense. Um, and it's how Horus Heresy works. So, yeah, I love that. Like, yeah. I've been playing that. Um, I do like me some old hammer. Um, gosh, if you go away from toughness. That's the problem is, is that it, it's is been it just a, in the game for so long. That means you go away. I mean, I suppose you do it like AOS. You roll to hit and then you roll to wound and then you just roll to save. Right. That that is what uh, people are liking it to. Yeah, is that okay that, that could be that could be the case. I mean, it could be like kill team as well, where you roll four dice to hit with your gun, and then you get three say you get three dice to save, and you just roll three saves, and whatever you failed, you just like negate each other out. I don't think they're going to go that way because <clears throat> I think that's going to be really difficult to be like, well, this this 10 man intercessor squad is going to shoot you 40 times and you get 30 saves. It doesn't make any sense. So I would imagine it has to be like AOS. Yeah, that's, but then you have the issue of last guns versus last cannon. If both are hitting, does, how are they going to change that? I mean, you still roll to save. I mean, I would just see like modifications to saves being a thing. Yeah. You know, okay. bigger save modifiers. Um, to me, that would probably be the way to go. Um, I mean, I could see it speeding up the game. It is just a a really big change to 40K. And I don't do well with change. I think it'd probably be all right, the more I'm thinking about it. If it's just a hit, yeah. and then yeah, with a modifier to your save, probably fine. Yeah, it'll be just like AOS. It's not a big deal. Somebody's going to cry about it, and I'm sure Games Workshop is going to make a fix. Um, but it means that we can finally get something for Space Marines or anybody wearing, I mean, well, you know, do it for Space Marines. You know, they got their extra wound. Um, you know, they if say, they even hey, keep wounds uh, the same. If they keep wounds the same. Um, which, you know, they could change. Uh, that'd be fine. You know. I mean, uh, I think at this point, almost everything in the game. Because Orc Boys, uh, for being Toughness 5, Orc Boys sure uh, sure do, don't feel that very chunky uh, <laughs> for being Toughness 5. They could probably, uh, you know, get two wounds and be fine. They could they probably get, get two wounds on, yeah, right? You just yeah, I can see that. Give them an extra wound. You know, anybody wearing power armor has an extra wound. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I could um, see them them giving more wounds power, because power armor adjacent stuff, right? So yeah, if you add a three plus save, uh, you just get an extra wound now. Boom. Do you guys do you guys think that points are going to go up or down? Because typically, when points go down, the armies are going to be bigger, um, but there's less granularity between points. Um, and then when points go up, typically the games are smaller, and that's kind of where they've been going. Or do you well, think they're going to be about the same size? I don't mind them being kind of where they're at right now. And in, in the same way of you just get all the upgrades for free, I think that's fine. 
it's not too drastically different. So I hope they keep it a smaller, smaller okay. point changes, bigger armies. I, I think army size is good where it's at. Everybody just it really just needs a rebalancing from who was released first to who uh, was released last. And I feel like we got kind of a a curve there to where world eaters were just kind of not super oppressive on release. Um, unlike, let's say, the end of 8th, when we were getting Space Marine uh, supplement codexes, not like Iron Hands and Imperial Fist Giacomo, uh, when they were Good times, man. Good times. super oppressive. Um, I mean, Iron or, Hands was still the oppressive one, but I did not do both. Oh, though. yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I think that that's a very fascinating aspect of 40K is, is how much it changes, right? Kill yeah, Team is as like many that. as many armies that are coming out for it and as much stuff is coming out for it, they take a very light-handed approach at at um at the armies themselves. So, like when in in Kill Team, their uh Pathfinders, which is obviously a um a tau team they were extremely dominant and in fact they still are and they keep lightly just getting touched and touched and touched and touched and over and over and over and over um i kind of like the approach but also like i kind of wish that sometimes it was a little bit more like 40k where it was a little bit more drastic just so that we didn't see them win every open or at least almost win every open uh tournament so I can kind of see the, the aspects of both, but talking about army sizes, uh, boarding patrol has just come out and it seems to be quite, uh, entertaining and popular. And in fact, it's currently my favorite way to play 40 K. Um, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. Uh, uh Lucas, I love small games with narrative stuff. They fixed my biggest problem with 40k, which is the stratagem rule bloat in that you don't get to use your codex stratagems. They're gone. That's Mm -hmm. it. Uh, I think it's great. I like how fast it plays. I like that there's just a bunch of... You don't need a character. Um, That said, my boarding patrol is Abaddon... Uh, a few by himself. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. he's like yeah. Awesome. He's like I mean, the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's most of the team. Uh, it's Abaddon just goes in there and tells the other guys to go grab objectives and takes care of uh, the stuff in the middle. So, yeah. What's fascinating though is that it's he is still but that plays like it would in a narrative. It's like, hey, yeah. you're walking down these hallways and suddenly. The despoilers on this ship is like, oh, guys. It's Darth Vader. (laughs) Yeah, it's Darth Vader's on the ship. It's like, oh, well, crap. I think that's the thing that I'm I'm most excited about is that I'm hoping that they keep this format of the game um, when it comes to 10th because I feel like it could definitely be, you know, just another subsect of rules for 40K and it could be they could push it to become more competitive as well. Because to me, it almost feels like old kill team because you get your elites 
It's like, I would call this kill teams. Um, you get your heroes, you get your, your, your models. But something that's interesting is that I find a lot of these, these small releases kind of start pointing at the rules changes for the next editions. And I'm wondering if line of sight is going to be like this in 10th edition where you can only kill what you see. Um, or, and anything that you have line of sight to, but it draws line of sight through cover, you get an add plus one to the saves, um, which would work. You know, it, it makes people play a little bit more reliant on terrain rather than just like, I can see the tip of that guy and I'm going to kill the whole unit because of it. <laughs> also lets you, um, it, you know, that's a little bit like fifth edition was where, Hey, we're only killing off models until none of the models are visible anymore. Agreed. I did like that. Uh, I, me I too. did like that. Um, you, you know, that comes with its own kind of jank that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but fifth edition melee was more powerful. And I feel like oh, in, yeah. in eighth edition oh, yeah. melee got crushed in ninth edition. Melee was very was, early in eighth edition. Uh-huh. Melee was still, still Oppressive. quite spicy. Yes. yes. In, in ninth edition, it feels like melee was only good. They did a good job at making melee feel good. If your army was good at it rather than it being like a useful tool of every model, um, like fifth edition did. So, I wonder if they're going to try to bring like the melee feels goods back without having to over index into having a 21 attack hydro flail that has to get hot nerfed, you know, or, you know, your hive tyrant that gets to go in and get five attacks before any, any model can do anything. And then he gets his next 10 attacks. You know what I mean? Like those, some of the numbers and some of the dice rolling is just kind of insane. In my opinion, yeah, I've seen and some jump rolls. The, the damage bloat, like... the damage bloat was was awful. The mortal wounds are awful. This model, listen, guys, the, the, if if we release the Nightbringer as is, he's just going to die turn one. So we have to come up with a rule. How about this? He can only take three wounds per phase, and now he's going to be really easy for three three phase models to kill him, but not Space Marines because they can only do damage in two phases at max. You know, so I don't know. Now I play Battle Sisters, and yes. I also play Death Guard. So doing mm-hmm. damage in multiple phases wasn't a problem and for you, for me. And if you played Space Marines, that's uh, too bad for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> bro, yeah, I, I never, t- I never, like, I never took psychers. I hope you have something that explodes. Um, my tank. <laughs> yeah, I think that was. I think. I think there was like a lot of rules that were. They had to be made to kind of fix the problem. Some of the problems that were ninth. You know what I mean? Now, so, you see, I also play Sigmar, where you have. Uh, I have, and when I play Sigmar, I play Marathi because, hey guys, look at me. I play phase locked wounds um so and she can only take you know a certain number of wounds per turn that's it mm-hmm. uh the rest get lost and there are a couple things like sigvald 
that ignore that. I love so. Chicago. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I gave a, I painted one for our buddy Peter, and I said, "Hold on, Peter, before I can give you this model, you need to stick your tongue out and lick his butt cheek." <laughs> and he I did it. it. And he did it. <laughs> Classic BK. Yep. So, and that was that. Um, so I'm okay with like phase caps for wounds, and because that helps. I mean, let's look at Gilliman. He just gets bodied. I'm gonna say it. He gets bodied by everything else out there. Okay. He doesn't feel like a Primark. Yes. I have three other Primarchs and I have Abaddon and I have Morvin Vol. And or I had Morvin Vol. I sold those battle sisters. Um, and, uh, you know, he doesn't feel like he's a Primark. He yeah, just doesn't. Uh, so uh, I feel like a phase cap for his wounds is inevitable. Inevitable. More, more so than the, like, come back to life once per game. Or, um, and I think I saw this as a rumor or something like that. Uh, Emperor's sword uh, should ignore phase caps for wounds. That would be that would be a spicy one. So either you need, he either needs to get a phase cap or ignore a phase cap. So um, I I personally love the model for Sigvald the Magnificent. I think he's one of my favorite AOS models in general. Um, do you by chance, Lucas, play uh, a song of ice, wind, and fire? And yes, Giacomo, I had to look back up and read the name once again, so I didn't call it a song of ice, wind, and fire. But you did call it an ice, wind, and fire just now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, that's pretty funny. <laughs> no, I don't. Their models, and I'm gonna say it. Here's my swear. Their models look like ass. Really, I love their models. I would like if they could license the characters. I know they're not going to because it's too much money, but I think they're fine. Yeah, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of their uh, of their models in general. What do you play any other games currently, or is you just mostly stick to 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 um, 40k at the moment? I've got mostly Warhammer. The rest is like board game stuff. Um, I've got Imperial Assault chilling out over there. Um, I've got some Legion dudes who started to get some paint on him. I put all my bolt action things together, and sometimes I'll play some games of bolt action if I feel uh, jonesing for alternating activations. Um, but it's mostly board games. Gotcha. Now, I know that you played a lot of tournaments this past year. Did you have any tournament that was your favorite event? Yes, the narrative at LVO. Oh, yeah? I know you didn't, You guys didn't even question. finish that one, right? No, me and Matt didn't finish because uh, he was going to chill out with his dad. I was, and you know, that's another thing I liked is I didn't feel like I absolutely needed to play all of these games to get some competitive placing 
of any of it. It was low stakes. Like I could just be chill. I could have like six or seven beers um, or just hog the whole bottle of wine to myself. And then, you know, and everybody was cool. And yeah, everybody's cool. No one was, no one was shouting for judge. No one was screaming at me because, you know, they thought I was too high or too drunk to be playing Warhammer. Um, yeah. Well, it's they none just, of their business. You know, we just, yeah, that's <laughs> sure. none of their business. It's their, it's their fault for being so bad that, you know, a guy who's totally crossed uh, beats you. That's your, that's a you problem, man. So um, let's move on to hobby a little bit. Um, you, how long did you end up painting? Like how long would it, would you say it took you to finish each individual sister? Jesus Um, Christ. I hate this question. Um, individuals, I don't know. I just put something on in the background and and you just went like something awful, like walking dead and then just, um, yeah, just go for it. Okay. Um, did you, with, with them in particular, did you, um, what, what, what spawned the creative ideal to do like the blue from the back and the red from the front? The, I saw a bunch of 40 K artwork where they'd have like blue on one side, red on the other. You'd get that with like Gilliam and Abaddon ones. Mm -hmm. Um, but the first bit of artwork I saw that was like, yep, this is it. Um, I'm getting battle sisters again. And I told people like, I'll get battle sisters again when they're plastic. And, you know, I'll believe it when I see real physical What happened to those metal models you liked so much? Because old metal sisters were ass. I thought metal was superior. What's up? No, we didn't say metals were superior. I said, I miss (laughs) old metal models. Hold on, Jack. All right. I had a fully painted metal sisters. army a bazillion perfect game years ago. And then I sold them because I didn't sell unpainted armies because I'm a man of class and dignity. That's fair. And, um, you know, you could buy a whole box for the cost of one metal battle sister. And so, Jokma, that's why I wasn't going to get uh, metal battle sisters <laughs> because it would be an army more expensive than a plastic guard army, not more expensive than a metal guard army, um, but not far off. All solid reasons. All solid. So, um, yeah, when they had that uh, special edition, hey, here's our brand new fresh release of plastic battle sisters part of it was the cover of that box um the cover of the book um requiem infernal which is another okay. battle sisters book um so all that stuff coming out all at the same time is like oh yeah this is the this is the vibe we're going for here so if you end up purchasing another sisters of battle army or unit, i'm not gonna <laughs> um, that's I'm back in a metal range again i'm yeah. pretty sh- uh if you uh, did if you did would you be painting them differently absolutely 100 percent. i'm never painting models like that again 
Okay. Or rather, I wouldn't paint a new army like that again. I will do that paint job on the couple Battle Sisters models I have left, uh, uh-huh. like Agatha Dolan and the Triumph of St. Catherine. Okay. Um, like I'll finish those in that style just to have this little like showpiece for myself. Oh, well, not really, just to finish it. Um, okay. And then, uh, you know, I'd paint them like regular Battle Sisters. Just, you know, I'd paint them nice, but uh, I'm not doing two-sided OSL again. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the Triumph of St. Catherine is my favorite model from the Sisters range in general. Um, now you, how many times have you painted white scars? Cause earlier in the podcast, you said it was your second white scars army and now you have white scars again. So yeah. So which rendition are you on this time? This is my fourth and, uh, final time painting the fifth legion. Okay. Um, and it's for Horus heresy and, uh, yeah, so I'm on number four. How many uh, how many points do you have? Did did you just buy the one box set, or did you did you go oh, hand? No, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry. Um, so yes, I do have that box set, but I also have uh, some Skyhunter squadrons, freshly released in plastic. Thank God, <laughs> um, or thank you, G Devs, for releasing these in plastic where a box of three now costs what one resin one does. Um, so hooray, they're basically free. Um, so I got some of those. I have uh, a White Scars Con on bike model uh, made by uh, Simon Ingrimson, which I painted up. And when I sold my last 40K White Scars army, that model did not go out with it because... Uh, I like that one way too much. Um, <clears throat> I have a Khan, Jagatai Khan, um, only because he looks good with a top knot and a goatee. Okay. Don't know why. Yeah, don't know why. I think that's a good way for a man to look. So since you're a you're a com- my goatee, since you're a commission painter, uh, you have tons of experience in the hobby and you you put out quite quite the workload um more than i could put out um my question to you is is there any favorite hobby products that you use uh, me and giacomo in our last episode did quite a rendition of of our top tens um and somebody who who ends up having to you know, put out models a lot and often, what would your, what would your, your top products that you use be? Yeah. So you can probably hear me clipping stuff, uh, in the mic, which I just mm-hmm. see your notes now. Uh, that would be these, uh, games workshop hobby clippers, um, with their lifetime warranty. I've replaced these twice, um, Okay. because I'm, you know, lifetime warranty. You just take them in and say, Hey, well. you know, uh, I'm not going to tell you that I've been using these to clip metal models parts off, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can tell you that I need to re- these need replacing. And they'll be like, all right, cool. There you go. No questions asked. 
Um, and, uh, you know, any old exacto knife, um, all it needs to be is a handle with the blade on it. Um, and I guess for favorite favorites, those clippers, um, yeah, nobody else gets their products mentioned until they start uh, paying me money. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So do you use like do do you use like certain products like airbrushes or do you use like do you just have like you really recommend oh, like I really will say nice something. brushes? Iwata airbrushes are never worth the price you pay for them. Hundred okay. percent of the time, they're not worth it. Um, I don't have the time to take care of uh, like the Disney princess horse girl of airbrushes that the Iwata is. I, I can't do it. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Other than that, I don't think there's really a difference between anybody else, anybody else's airbrush. That isn't the cheap one from China. Do you like 0.5 or 0.1 or, uh, any any kind of millimeter nozzle for specifically for airbrushes or do you do you find yourself using airbrushes a lot or or uh dry brush those special dry brushes a lot or do you just use old brushes i am pretty product ambivalent i'll use makeup brushes if i need something that's just a beater um Mm -hmm. i'll use the army painter dry brushes because I bought them to see, uh, if they were different from the artist opus ones. Um, they're not. Uh, <laughs> so if you were to just go on a price differential, they're the same thing, but also, um, I find that they do work better than just using a makeup brush because of the way the feral fits the hair. Okay. Um, the hairs don't have as much movement as you would in a makeup brush. What about, um, do you have like a favorite paint range or anything? I see you use uh so flat quite a lot from golden. I used them because I needed a yellow and an orange that covered well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have an, a yellow and an orange that cover really well um yeah unlike but flash other bits. than that uh unlike everybody else's <laughs> yellow and orange i'm gonna they're all getting called out right now hey all ice of yellow the rest is, of them. ice yellow is i mean it's, it has yeah, a lot of white in it whole, yeah, that's why right <laughs> ice yellow doesn't count. all right um what i don't like about goldens is that I'm a brush licker okay. and cadmium I am a brush is too. bad for you. Cadmium mm. is bad for you. So um, they are the ones that I uh, do fight my habits on the most, but I don't use them very often because um, their paint doesn't taste good and it's bad for you. Makes sense. Unlike some other hobby supplies and stuff. Yeah. I have if heard I were of... to judge, If I were to judge paint by taste. That's what I want to know. Um, yeah. Paint by taste. Uh, golden has the worst tasting paint, but also you're not supposed to eat it. <laughs> Next so to fine. enamel. Next to enamel. Yeah. Yes, I've put that in my mouth. 
Ooh, yeah. Okay. So as far as <laughs> acrylic paints, as far as acrylic paints, I do have oil paints that I use and I have, yeah. Um, for acrylic paints. Hush brush liquors are all the same. We've all tried them all. <laughs> um, I'd say, I'd say Citadel paints taste the best. Yep. Agreed. Um, and then after that, I think aside from golden for worst taste, um, army painter gets two bits of the worst. You get the worst paint and the worst taste. Mm. You know, I like army painters washes. Do you like army painters washes? I have used their washes only twice and then I never used them again because they're too gel-y Makes when sense. they apply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I use them a lot on terrain. Gee, do you have a favorite uh do you have a favorite um paint manufacturer? Right now I've been using a lot of monument hobbies. Uh, pro acrylic. They're not. Uh, I haven't. I haven't tasted those yet. So uh, I like their I, single pigment thing. They're nice. Have you tried? Have you tried Camira's stuff yet, Luke? Theirs is not worth the money you pay for it. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. It is pigment. Yeah. It's single pigment, which is fine. But Golden does the same thing. Yeah, but to get any kind of coverage on Camira, you have to mix white into it. So, is it really worth yeah. it? No. <laughs> No, it's not. uh, Yeah, it's not an exaggeration. It's not. I don't like their paint. They have. uh, I like reds and their red looks good on the bottle and then it doesn't. So I am colorblind. I am a mild Durante, Durante, whatever, however you say that, Um, which means I, I don't see greens very well. I let too much red into my eyeballs. Uh, I just found that the actual term and definition of that. Um, what are your favorite reds? Mm, I like a good alizarin crimson. Straight what is that? out of it's a, a synthetic oil paint. Well, when I use it, it's out of an oil paint. Um, it's kind of thin, transparent purpley red it's got a beautiful name alicerin crimson it's you know just a synthetic crimson color um real nice um and then uh but i suppose from a manufacturer of paint it would be the red I've used the most bottles of is Evil Sun Scarlet. Fascinating. And then I have I have two other two other questions for you as well, G. G, give me your favorite reds. Evil Sun Scarlet is up there. It's a really good color. And then I don't have a second favorite red. I, I guess closest would be Mephiston. It's a decent color. The only thing is I don't take care of all the bottle lids, so it dries up. That's that's on me, mostly. Fair enough. Um, 
my favorite red is from P3. Um, is it a green? No. Uh, give me one second. I'll grab it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to hear the colorblind guy's opinion on what's a good red. All right. my fa- It's called uh, Izo... Uh, Iz- Iosian green. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, my favorite red comes from P3. And then also my two favorite greens come from P3. Um, My favorite two greens put together are Iosian green and Necrotite green. Um, Do you guys have any favorite green colors? Not really. And then I'm going to ask the gold question because everyone asks the gold question. Oh, favorite gold. Yeah, oh, what's your favorite gold? Um, the, for metallics, I like using the uh, Vallejo airbrush metallic ones. They're yeah, metal airbrush colors in the thick bottles. Mm-hmm. Those come in so many good colors um, just for, oh man, and they cover and they go on so smooth and uh, God dang, they're so good. How about you, G? You know, I have to, I have to agree with Lucas on this one. The Vallejo big old bottles of metal colors, the metal colors, it's the metal colors that come out with the non-alcohol ones, the ones you mm-hmm. usually use for airbrushes but you can use with the brush are excellent. Oh yeah. They have, they flow such so good well. flow. Uh-huh. Mine is a, so I like those for my silvers, but for gold in particular, I love retributor armor. I just do. That's a classic color. It's a great one when it came out. It's yep. still yeah. good today. Yeah. Yep. I'll agree. That's a good did, color. Did you guys have any favorite greens circling back to that one? Nope. None. No, no. Wow. Wow, you guys yeah. just green haters. I also like I fluorescent know. greens quite even, a lot. You can't even see the color. Like, I mean, I can see certain shades. I'm mild. I'm not severe, so I can see okay. some greens. Yeah, you a lot can't of greens. see Doritos Cool Ranch flakes. Well, because they don't exist. Are you? Did, did you know they that exist. these? Oh, no, they don't. They just don't. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite glue or anything? And then also, do you end up using pens on your armies? Because I've used Sharpies. I've used micro pens. I've used all sorts of stuff on my models. You just varnish them and they they just uh, they mark up real easy. I don't use Sharpie pens. Um, I don't like the way those metal colors look out of Sharpie. Okay. Um. But glue, uh, right now we've got Citadel plastic glue, but I've also got the Tamiya plastic glue. And I like that one better for when you've got to put glue in between two gaps in like a shoulder. Okay. Um, Just to smooth out that joint for when you're painting it later. That's much better. And it doesn't leave a big old lump like the Citadel plastic glue does. Hmm. And then uh, Maxi Cure for a super glue. From BSI, BSI, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't understand that there's another super glue to use. Um, 
it's inexpensive and it's real good. Yeah. It's coming. It's more common. People are using it now and I'm glad they are. It's a good, it's a good glue. I'm a Zappa cap guy. My guy, my, my, myself. I do like BSI though as well. Zappa gaps just got really expensive lately. No idea where it's manufactured. I think BSI comes from California, right? So if you guys are looking to support uh, a local, a local store uh, or a local business in California, uh, BSI Bob Smith Industries is uh, is the way to go. But uh, oh yeah, well guys, looks like we're getting to that time. It's always that time. Always that time. It's always that always time. That you got time. any pluggables? Mr. Mr. Lucas? Uh, I guess, you know, if you want a commission done, my commissions will open in March and start in June because I don't take commissions during the school year because I'm a teacher. But maybe this will be my last year teaching. I'm going to try to get jobs at Disney and Universal. Ooh. As doing... a painting awesome. life sizes uh, instead of miniatures. <laughs> Radical. That, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So where can they find you on there for your commissions? Um, it says Luke paints minis on Etsy. Uh, on shops Etsy? on vacation. Yeah, on Etsy. Shops on vacation okay. mode right now. So, but uh, we'll open up again in May. I will open up the commission window and then, uh, yeah. And, and what uh, if they want to see your miniatures now? Uh, I have an Instagram that is very irregularly updated. Uh, L-U-C-T-A-L-T-O-S. I'm bad at social media. <laughs> not sorry. I'm not sorry. It's all right. Me, uh, I am as well. And that's why I have uh, my wife do most of mine because she's pretty decent at it. Of course, she has so many followers and I do not. Well, Thank you guys for coming on. If you, uh, and if you're looking for stuff from us, you can find us on squad underscore games underscore entertainment on Instagram. You can find us on our Discord, Squad Games Discord. Pretty easy to figure out. Thanks to our to patrons. Us, yeah, exactly. Shout out to the patrons. You can be one as well. Uh, you know, without their support, we can't do what we do. And even if you just go in like the lowest tier, just anything helps us. And we always appreciate it. You know, so shout out to the patrons supporting bankrolling these episodes. I'm out. Mike. Dude, what the f-